welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. And would you give a big hand clap to all of our campuses watching online? Come on, let's welcome them online right now. What's up, Owensboro, Henderson, Dumas, Texas? We love you. We're glad you're with us. One house, many rooms. We welcome you today, and it's an honor to get to teach the Word of God to you today. I'm fired up. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, just tell them you look like you've lost 20 pounds. Come on, encourage somebody in the house. It's my old go-to. I just keep speaking it. I believe it's going to happen in our life. Amen? If we keep speaking it, it's going to happen. So I keep saying it. I, I feel like I've lost 20 pounds. Amen? Well, I'm, uh, I'm pumped to get to speak to you. And I'm going to talk to you today about the power of a man. All right? I'm going to talk about the power of a man. And uh, I was driving to church this morning. My daughter's in the back. I loaned them a picture of my, my back to use for this image up here today. And... Uh, been working out a little bit. <laughs> no, it's not me, but if I keep speaking that by faith, that's going to happen too in Jesus' name, all right? I, uh, I was riding here with my, my, my kids this morning early, and uh, my girls are in the car with me, and they asked, Dad, what are you going to preach on this morning? And I said, well, I'm going to preach on the power of a man. Chapel looks up and says, that's my youngest, she's seven. She says, are there only going to be guys in the room? And I said, no, but, but, but ladies need to hear about the power of a man too. She said, that's right, Dad, so they know how to pick them. That's what she said, so they know how to pick them. And I said, come on, that's pretty smart for a seven-year-old. Y'all give my seven-year-old a hand clap. She's already figuring some stuff out, right? Got to know how to pick them. She don't have to worry about picking them because I'm arranging her marriage anyway. So you got kids that age, start getting your dowry ready, all right? Hey, I want to I wanna tell you, I believe um, that women are powerful. The, the Bible says that, that the daughters are, are, they're sculpted in palace style. You know, the Bible says that Adam was roughed out. Whenever God makes Adam out of the dirt, he roughs out the man, and the woman's finally handcrafted. And I'm thankful for, for femininity. Uh, I can't even say that right. Femininity, is that right? I'm thankful for women. How about that, all right? Got to be careful how I say it. I'm thankful for my woman especially, right? Jesse. And I believe that women can be powerful. So if, you, if you knew my wife, and many of you do, she can preach most every man in the country under the table. I mean, really. Uh, she's incredible in the Word of God. I'm believing that both of my daughters are going to be presidents of the United States of America. Amen. I believe that women can do anything. There's a couple things they can't do. Right? My daughters will never be a husband. They'll never be a father. They'll never be a man. And me and my son, Justice, I believe the sky's the limit for him. I'm believing he's going to be a billionaire, and he's going to support my ministry and preach better than me. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. Believe in that. And I believe the sky's the limit for him. He's called to lead. Now I want all of us to believe big things for our kids. Come on, we're not making small plans for our kids or our grandchildren. The sky's the limit. We're not going to limit them with our thoughts or our words. We're going to lift them up. We're going to believe God to flow through them and in them and that the wisdom of God are in our children. Can I get an amen out there? So I believe the sky's the limit for justice. There's a few things he'll never be. He'll never be a mother. He'll never be a wife. He'll never be a woman. 
Listen, God created those two roles. Male and female, he created them. Now, culture always begins to do something the Bible talks about. Begins to call good evil and evil good. And we're confused about our roles in America now, and it's even creeping down into our school system at the youngest age. But just because man changed his thoughts, its laws, its whatever, God has not changed his laws, his thoughts, or his plan one iota. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now I want to tell you how important you men are. So society's tried to tell you you don't matter anymore. There's terms out there like toxic masculinity, right? Like masculinity is a bad thing. I'm telling you masculinity is something to be celebrated. The couple girls out there gave me, a, gave me the woo out there, right? They like that. Praise the Lord. And it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be a bit aggressive. It's okay to have that running, that little boy that wants to keep going, right? He's not a problem to be managed. He's an asset to be lifted in life. Amen? Bring me your wild little boys. We'll make a men of God in this church. Can I get an amen out there? We'll make a men of God. All to have a thousand wild little boys swinging from the chandeliers. We can turn nations upside down with those young men. Now get an amen. Just want to read some stats to you, let you know how powerful a man is and how important this message is. Now thankful I am for the men of God and just the men that have spoken into my life. Coaches, teachers, fathers, grandfathers. So thankful for them all. Here's something that comes from the Department of Justice. There are really some, some sad stats and some stats that kind of will hurt your heart when you read them. But it shows just how powerful a man is in the house. How powerful a father is around. Here's what it says. You know that 63% of suicides are all fatherless. 90% of runaways come from fatherless homes. When they find bad behavioral problems, 85% of the kids that issue that have no man in their life or in their house. 75% of those in jail are from a fatherless house. 77% of kids in rehab currently are in a fatherless house. 85% of rapists in a fatherless house. Someone from a fatherless house is two times more likely to drop out of high school. 72% of teenage murderers are from a fatherless house. Those from a fatherless house are 11 times more likely to exhibit violent behavior. There are 80% of the people in psychiatric care in hospitals right now are from a fatherless house. You're four times more, more likely, right here it says, to commit suicide if you're from a fatherless house. Girls are 164 times more likely to become pregnant before marriage. They're from a fatherless house. People who are from a fatherless house are 92% more likely to dissolve the marriage they're in right now. And children are 900% more likely to be exposed to rape and sexual abuse if they're from a fatherless home. See, the Bible is not incorrect, and the stats don't lie, that men, you have a mission from God. There's power in your purpose. We ought to stand up as men in God and be what we're called to be. Come on, somebody, give the Lord of hosts a hand clap. There's a role 
for your soul. Come on, don't don't put down masculinity and manhood. There is power in it. Come on, if you're sitting by a man, just turn to him and tell him you matter this morning. Amen, you matter. You matter. I want to read one more text, then we're going to pray. One more text. Here's a text from Ezekiel, Old Testament prophet, chapter 22. We'll start reading in verse 29. There's a lot of problem in Israel when Ezekiel's prophesying right now. Sees issues, trauma, abuse, all sorts of things are going wrong in the culture. God looks for an answer. Here's what it says, Ezekiel 22, 29. If you're there, go ahead and say, "Uh uh-huh. Here's what it says. The people of the land have used oppressions. They've committed robbery, mistreated the poor and the needy. They wrongfully oppressed the stranger or the foreigner. So I sought for a, what's he looking for? So I sought for a what, church? A man among them who would make a wall, stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. Here's the prophetic indictment from Ezekiel. But I found none. Imagine that. Spirit of God's looking at the whole nation of Israel. The Bible says the eye of the Lord goes to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart that's completely his. God's spirit is everywhere. David said, if my soul goes down to hell, still his spirit will see me in Sheol. God's spirit goes throughout the land of Israel, and he finds males, but he doesn't find any men. My prayer is when God's spirit comes knocking on our door, to turn around the problems in our nation, that he doesn't just find males at his church. Come on, somebody. Whenever God looks at his church, I believe he's going to find thousands and thousands of men who stand on the word of God by the spirit of God and look like Jesus to the world. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the people under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you've called us. If you're comfortable with it, men, you ought to lift a hand to heaven right now. I thank you that you've called us not just to be male. You've called us not just to, not just to have an assigned sex. You've called us to be men of God. We're not just male, we're men. I speak over you and I declare you're a strong man. You're full of the word. You're full of the spirit. You're full of ethics and integrity. And you don't cave like the rest of the world cave. You're the kind of guy that God's looking for. Now, thank you, Lord, that you take us and shape us. Make us more like you every day. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and the church said, amen, amen, amen. Y'all give Garvin a big hand clap. He's headed to referee a ball game now. All right. He's going to ref a ball game. Have fun, ref. All right. You know, um, it's kind of in, in one way. Men are kind of like referees in a lot of ways, right, in life. I'm going to go with it. That illustration's working for me right now, right? And um, how many of you, how many of your mother ever said this to you when you were, when you were kind of shaking it up at home when you were a kid? You just wait till your daddy gets home, right? And you ever have a mama say that to you, right? Because whenever a man shows up in the environment like that, it changes things. And part of me preaching is, is at times I, I travel and I preach around the world. God's, God's given me a grace to get to go do that, and it's a blast. And I try not to stay gone long anymore because I have kids. I have a 13-year-old. I have a 9. I have a 7-year-old. So now I'm preaching and I'm coming back. And a lot of times I turn down speaking engagements all over the place now because I want to be at his church come Sunday because I love you and I think you're the greatest church in the world. And so, so uh, that, that's what I'm 
doing with my life now. I'm committed to his church. Come on. How many are thankful for his church this morning? I'm, I'm thankful for the house of God. But sometimes Jesse will call me and just say, hey, honey, it's time for you to get home. And she'll say, because the kids start to act different whenever you're not here. Why? It's that ref thing. It's that man thing in the house. And uh, it's not that mama doesn't mean business or can't take care of business. She is well-abled. And, and if you met my mother, my mother, back when we were kids and we were partying and doing drugs and stuff, my mom called the largest cocaine dealer in western Kentucky and told him if he sold any more coke to me or my brothers that she was putting a contract on his life and he wouldn't live another week. That's the kind of woman that I was raised by, right? Mama, mama can take care of business and uh, just different roles, right? There are different roles. And so we even see what God's looking for when he starts speaking through the prophet. He, he, he speaks through the prophet, and there's all this bad stuff that's happening in Israel. Man, there's oppression. God hates oppression, and he loves justice. We serve a God of justice. The poor and the needy aren't taken care of. Come on, God really wants us to care about the poor that really need help. I'm telling you, the Bible says if you lend to the poor, you lend to the Lord, right? And God himself will repay. God cares about those things very deeply, and the church should care about them too. He looks, and the people that are without a home, they're strangers or foreigners coming in the land of Israel. They were being mistreated because of the unrighteousness there. They were being treated in an unjust manner. God, God hated it. His heart was bent. Whenever God sees a nation that's broken, you know, God doesn't just point its, his finger at that nation. God actually weeps tears over that nation. See, he's not a God that's quick to judge. He is, he is full of mercy and compassion. And he cries over a nation before he'll ever judge a nation. And he looks down and he says, I want to fix this injustice. I want to fix this evil. I want to fix these things in our nation. Now, I'll tell you what, a righteous man will always want to fix the evils and the injustice and the problems in the nation. Come on, we ought to have our heart. Whatever touches God's heart ought to touch our heart, his church. Whatever makes God cry ought to make us cry. Whatever moves God to action ought to move us to action. We're not going to be a church that just sets on Sunday. We're a church that's going to do something to change the situation of our earth and our world. We are a people of action. Action first is one of our mottos. Come on, somebody. Got to take ground. And so God looks around and he says, I see all the trouble. God comes up with a plan or an answer. The plan to these kind of injustices, God's plan right here in the passage of Ezekiel was a man. God says, I need a man. I need a man that will stand where everybody else fails. I need a man that will put his life on the line. I need a man that's not caught up with simply entertainment. I need a man that'll take off his footy pajamas and get out of his mama's basement and set down his, his Xbox or whatever we're playing in 2019. I need a man that'll do something. So the Spirit of God starts looking for that man, starts knocking on doors, starts plucking on hearts, and he comes up with nobody. Man, what an indictment against Israel. I think it's one of the saddest scriptures in all of the Bible. That God was looking for a man and he couldn't find it. See, the only way you make men in life is there has to be a male role model. Can I get an amen out there? 
How many are thankful for the positive role, male role models in your life? Could we give them a hand clap? They might be in heaven right now. Let's give them a hand clap. It's people that, that come on. Know the way, show the way, and go the way. That's what a positive role model does. Knows the way, shows the way, and goes the way. That's what they do. I'm so thankful for that people in my, those people in my life. We need that in the church. We need that in the school systems. We need that with our coaches. Come on, we need that with our teachers and, and, and everybody. We need those positive male Christian role models. And I remember one of the first things I ever wanted to be as a little boy is uh, I think I wanted to be a fire truck for a period of my life. I wanted to be a fire truck. But once I got over wanting to be a fire truck, Justice, my boy, wanted to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex when he grew up for about three years, right? I was starting to get concerned, but now he's changed what he wants to be when he grows up. But I remember one of the first things I wanted to be whenever I grew up is I wanted to be a man. Can you men remember that? You remember looking at men and watching the way they walk? Watching the way they talk? I remember watching my dad sitting in church, First Baptist Church, Providence, Kentucky. I, I was raised in a, in a primarily male house. Females are largely a mystery to me, and I live with three of them right now. Uh, pray for, stretch your hands towards your pastor and pray for, pray for him. So I had all brothers, and mom was in the house. And I remember sitting in, at First Baptist Church, and uh, I come from a nervous people. Most of the people in my, in my uh, lineage on the Gibson side, they all stutter. They talk very, very fast, so fast they would stutter. And uh, I was like the interpreter for my father most of my life. He'd say something, and I would interpret it to my friends, what he just said. But he stuttered, and uh, he also, he would shake his leg. We would sit on the pew. Now I remember being a little boy, and I remember looking down. And I don't know if it was a nervous habit, but my dad was shaking his leg. Now I looked beside my dad, and my oldest brother was sitting there. My oldest brother was shaking his leg. Todd shaking his leg. And then right beside Todd sat Ben and Ben shaking his leg. And I looked down at all those men and I saw them shaking their leg and I thought men shake their leg. And I made a conscious decision to start shaking my leg that Sunday morning. I've been doing it when I sat down ever since. I'm 42 years old. That's the power that you have in influencing younger men. So I learned things like shaking my leg. I also learned bad things like dipping Copenhagen and smoking Reds, and Jesus delivered me from that, and he can deliver you too. Come on, let's give a delivering Jesus a hand clap this morning, right? Learn all those things by, by watching. See, we, we catch so much by watching males. We catch so much the, the ladies are looking up to a female. The ladies want to grow up. They, they, they want to be beautiful. They want to be powerful. They want to have a voice. They want to be honored. They want to be esteemed, right? They want to bring dignity to a room. And so the little girls are looking at the ladies. How many girls can remember just watching some beautiful full-grown lady, woman, and thinking, I want to be like that when I grow up. Let me see your hands out there, lady, if you remember having that. It's the way it is. It's the way we learn. And so God said, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap. I want to, I want to show you some things that I want to become. What I'm believing God to be in my life. What I believe a real man is like in life, a man that will stand in the gap. He'll build a wall. He's a builder. I'll say this about a real man. Anybody can tear something down, but it takes an architect to build something. Come on, somebody. Any fool can tear down with their words, with their actions, with their associations, with their Facebook posts, with their Instagram. Any fool can turn down, but it takes an architect and somebody with wisdom to build. The first thing God says, I'm looking for a man who will build a wall. He can build something. Come on, turn to your neighbor, just tell him, be a builder. Come on, if you're going to be like God, you got to be a builder, right? God makes stuff. 
One of the first things you see about God in the book of Genesis, he creates this earth, he creates the ocean, he creates the seas, he's building something. The Bible says that Jesus, he was like an architect of the church, he's building something. God's looking for men who can build something worth having in life. Now I'm telling you, you don't get a good life, you have to build a good life by the power of God. You're not given a good marriage, you build a good marriage. Come on, somebody. Not given a great relationship with children, you have to build that relationship. Financial future must be built. Nothing just happens in life. It must be intentional. It must be built. So here's some of the things I see that a good man does that I want to do. I want to build into my life. Number one, here's what I'm, I want to be more like. I want to be more of a protector every day in my life. A real man is a protector. If you're taking notes, you ought to write that down. Somebody say a protector. Come on, say it again, a protector. My primary job and role in life, I believe, is to protect the people that God has given me. I'm called to protect Jesse, my wife. Tell you what, Jesse told this story on me not long ago. Now I remembered, I was in the airport in St. Louis. And how many know you can just hear your spouse's voice after you've been married a while? You don't even have to hear their voice. How many know they can look at you and you know what they're saying, right? You're like, oh my God, there's the look. God save the queen. Here we go, you know? Or, uh, or, or you know when they're happy with you, just the look. They don't have to look. They just got to turn your way a little bit and you know what, they, what they're thinking already. So I'm walking. I'm always in a hurry. I'm walking through the St. Louis airport and Jesse's behind me. And all of a sudden I heard Jesse's voice go to like panic mode. Right, her voice goes up, she's, she's, she's all, I can hear it. And I'm like, I'm ahead of her because I'm running to the next gate. And I turn around and I see, and some dude has gotten all up on my wife and he's smelling of her neck. I mean, oh, we got problems now, right? And I don't know what happened, but I kind of semi-blacked out. And the next thing I know, I'm sprinting towards this man saying, that's my wife. And the guy sees me coming, and he runs off. He was an employee at the airport, and he runs through one of the back doors and just runs out of the terminal. And then I came to, and I'm like, if I would have attacked that man, I'd have went to jail in St. Louis, but Pastor David Crank would have gotten me out, so I'm okay. Praise God. Come on. Come on. Let's give God a hand clap for all the guys that protect their wives and their children. So it's my job to protect my wife. It's my job to protect my daughter. Briley's on the front row, Right? Briley's not going to be dating any guys in a car until she's like 37 years old. Because you're my daughter, baby. That's right. And I'm arranging your marriage too, not just chapels. I tell you. See why? It's my job to protect her. And I haven't forgotten what the world's like. You ever watch these guys? It's like they forgot what it was like just a couple decades ago. Turn to your neighbor and tell them human nature is still the same. Just tell them that, Right? So you protect them. See, I'm into protection. We protect the people of this church. There's a police officer out front for our protection. There's cameras all over our kids' ministry for our protection. We got men here watching eyes all the time. Why? We understand it's a dark world, and God's called men to protect. Come on, men, it's our role to protect our faith community, protect our house, protect our sons, protect our daughters. If you give your life in protection, I'm telling you what, you gave your life for a noble cause. We ought to give every veteran in here, man and woman, a hand clap right now for being a protector of our nation. And having the heart of God. Man, I celebrate those that will protect. Second thing I, I want to be more of is I want to be more of a provider. God is a provider. He takes care of his. He doesn't neglect us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. 
I don't have to wonder if tomorrow morning if God's going to put the sun in the sky again. How many believe he's been faithful, amen? He's provided. David said this, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging bread. God's a God that wants good things for his children. I believe it's my job to provide for my family. Now, I know most of us are from two-income households. Me and Jesse both work, and I pray she makes more money every year. I'd love for her to make more money than me, and she could just be my sugar mama. I, would, I could get all into that, right? Huh? And all the men said amen, right? Some people say men are intimidated by wealthy women. I'm like, try me, God. Make Jesse very wealthy. Try me. I can live above the intimidation, right? Amen. But, but I do believe, so you, you, you can rally all the assets in a house as a man, all of the gifts, all the abilities to bring money into the house. You know, the Proverbs 31 woman, she was a working woman, by the way. The idea that a, that a woman should never work, it's not a biblical idea. The, 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 the kind of pinnacle of, of femininity in the Bible is the Proverbs 31 woman. The Bible says she made garments and she sold them. She was a business lady. Come on, let's give all the working ladies uh, a hand clap. And I don't mean it like that sounded. You know what I'm saying? All the women that work out there, hand clap. They work in the place and they come home and they work at home. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, if the ends aren't meeting men, it's our job to get the second job. It's our job to get the third job. It's our job to lay down the blood, the sweat, the tears, take whatever it takes. If we started that family, come on, we're called to take care of it. And it doesn't matter if you're divorced and you're gone, they're still your children. You're called to take care of them. You ought to not just skate by on what the law says you ought to do. You ought to go the second mile for those children. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap. There are kids, we're going to take care of them, regardless of a failed marriage. Can I get an amen out there? That's what a man does. A man provides. The third thing I want to be more of, I believe a man does, is a man's a prayer warrior for his house. I believe that I'm called to be the high priest of my house, right? Jesus is my high priest, but I'm called to set the spiritual atmosphere in the house. That means I'm the guy that's seeking the face of God. I'm the guy that's reading the Bible. I'm the guy that's keeping those precepts in front of our children. I'm the one that's praying. I think we ought to pray for our spouse every day, pray for our children every day. Come on, man. If you'll start to pray, I'm telling you, you'll call heaven into that household, and your house will become a shalom home, a place of perfect peace. You set the atmosphere. Next thing I want to be is I want to be a peacemaker. I believe a real man is a peacemaker. Now, not a peacekeeper, but a peacemaker. There's a big-time difference. Because often a peacekeeper by nature is a coward. But a peacemaker by nature is bold as a lion. There's a difference. Sometimes men will do anything just to keep peace, right? They live in this environment that's toxic and not healthy. Some women live like that too. You've been in a bad environment, so you do anything to keep the peace. You've been living in a poisonous environment for decades. But by, the Bible says, Jesus said this, blessed are the peacemakers, not peacekeepers, for they inherit the kingdom of heaven. So believe a real man does what it takes to make peace in the home, to keep peace in the home, to make peace in tough situations, even when it's uncomfortable. And here's the last thing I'll, I'll say that I want to be. A lot of guys, when you preach a sermon like this, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a rough, it's not a rough sermon, but it's a it's an it's a in-your-face kind of message. And America's no longer comfortable with that. 
Most guys won't talk about gender identity or anything like that anymore because they've already bowed their knee to America's new God, which is the politically correct culture. But I don't care if I'm ever politically correct. I want to be prophetically correct. So I care more about God than about the polls. And I care more about the scripture than what celebrity said. I just do. So guys will come after a hard message. They want to be a man. They want to be a man of God. Come on, how many of you guys want to be a man of, I want to be a man of God. I want to be a man of God. So what's the key to being a good dad, being a good husband? You know, do I have to read 27 books on fathering? I don't think so. Probably help you. I think the real key is the last thing I want to be. Is I want to be present. To be a good dad, you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be present. Isn't that right? Huh? Be in the room. That male atmosphere changes everything. Just in the room. Think about it. Lady gets out of a car downtown, shady neighborhood at night. She gets out with her girlfriend. She looks around, sees some shady guys. She's freaked out a little bit. She gets out. Stand up, Will Mitchell. Will Mitchell's in the car. <laughs> She's not as freaked out now, right? He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to do anything. He can sit down now, brother. He just has to be present. Something about a man being in the atmosphere that changes things. See, here's what a guy does in the household. A guy... Uh, lets everybody knows they're, know they're safe, right? They're, they're, they're in a secure environment. Somebody's watching. Somebody's paying attention. Provide that identity and that security. And the mother provides that nurturing and that comfort. And it's God's perfect plan for a household. So you have to be perfect. What you have to be is you have to be present. Here's what I want to do. I want, I want everybody to stand up on your feet for one moment. Now I want to have the opportunity. Come on, we got some guys out here. I believe God is touching hearts right now. I believe God's calling guys. I believe God's knocking on doors right now. If y'all could bring the lights down just for one moment. I want, I want to talk to some of you guys right now. And I'm telling you, uh, there's some things, you got some stuff, and it's like, Pastor, it's not like I've operated like a real man. It's not that I've been terrible, but I just need to step up my game, and I, I want to step up my game. And some of y'all just want to make a faith declaration that you're going higher today. Here's what I want to do. I want every man that wants to be included in this prayer, I want you to come out of your seats. I want you to make a bold step. I want you to come to this altar, and I want to join with y'all in prayer today that God's going to lift us all up higher and make us greater men of God. Some of you are already men of God. I'll tell you what, God wants to make you greater. So why don't you all come out of this seat? Come on into this altar. Come on, let's give them a hand clap as they come. Tell you what, God's going to, look at them. We're going to have a movement of men in this church. Tell you, come on, let's give my hand clap as they come. God's going to do something in your life today. My Lord, if we, if we get guys like this believe in God, if this many men will believe God with me, 
for revival. We could turn America upside down. I don't, I don't need any more than the men I have in this altar right now. If we get full of faith and full of the Spirit of God, we could do the impossible together. Strongest families, strongest marriages. Men, our kids have a voice in the city. I declare our kids aren't going to be asking for permission. Our kids are going to give the permission in this city in the future. It's what you're called to be. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're a covenant man. You're a man of the living God. If God be for you, who could be against you? Hell can't stop you. Addiction can't stop you. Porn can't stop you. I'm telling you what, you're a child of the presence of God. Come on, you men that are comfortable, just lift a hand to heaven right now. Lift a hand to heaven. Come on, I'm going to make a declaration over you. Then they're going to lead us in a song. And I'm going to come down there and I'm going to try to pray for as many of you as I can get to. But we're going to worship together during this one song. Ladies, I want you all to pray for them or other guys out there. Stretch, transform, and pray for them. I want you all to say this out loud. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you you made me a man. I thank you that you have a plan for my life. I thank you that I have a purpose. It's your purpose. I thank you that you've graced me to lead. I declare today, I lay down everything that's separating me from your plan. I lay down the weight. I lay down the sin. I lay down the identity issues. Now pick up Jesus. I pick up the Holy Spirit. I pick up power. Now walk out as a man of God. I ask you, Father, to mark me by your Spirit, by your angel, as a righteous man. And I declare I'll stand in the gap for your nation. In Jesus' mighty name.